0: Risk is a double-edged sword. Ignore it, and you get hurt. Accept it, and you can explore your full potential. So what about quitting the 9-to-5 life to focus on your passion instead? Artists, no matter the medium, start somewhere, which usually means having to maintain a day job in order to keep the lights on. Many independent artists finance their careers by waiting tables, tending bars, walking dogs, or trying to balance the society standard for a 9-to-5. Eventually, that can take its toll. It can be exhaustive and cause strain and having the energy after work to focus on your craft. Building towards being a full-time artist is a leap of faith in yourself, and like any kind of leap, timing is crucial to keeping yourself from landing on your ass. Rushing into an artistic career can leave you with few options, a shaky foundation, and no recourse when the limb you stepped out on snaps. It's never easy to know exactly when to push your boundaries or how to pull back because you went too far. You could spend a lot of time procrastinating on that next step and miss opportunities, or make a move too early and fail miserably. Our guest today found himself recently weighing out whether now was the right time to take his first steps into the unknown future of following his passion. This episode of Stay Risky was recorded and brought to you by Engine Room Recording Company. On this episode, we have Mr. Fred Miller. How's it going, man? What's up? How are you? I am cocked, locked, ready to rock. Hell yeah. So uh, (laughs) I was talking about it before we uh, got on air. Uh, You and I, uh, the first time I met. I'm doing air quotes for people that are listening. Yeah, internet air quotes. Yeah, internet air quotes. (laughs) We met because one of the first projects I got to work on was for a band (laughs) called the Hawkeyes, who unfortunately are no longer uh, together. R.I.P. R.I.P. I I. I think they're
1: all alive, hopefully. They they are alive. (laughs) Jay still,
0: he books for us for our booking agent side. Um, But I got footage from Fred to edit and make for the Hawkeyes tour. So like I knew you 4 yeah. years ago but I, like this is the first time we've ever met in virtually person. knew each other yeah, yeah. 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 but uh, I love that. but for uh, everybody listening uh go ahead and uh, just give us a little background of who you are and uh what dimension you came from
1: yeah um
0: you know honestly i am still trying to
1: figure out what dimension i came from Aren't we all? uh and who i am <laughs> but uh i do a lot of different things uh so my background probably like the deepest thing for me is music I remember, I don't know where the photo is, but I remember a photo of me as a kid, and we used to have one of those, um, what are they, the drying racks, they're not drying racks, clotheslines, yeah, you know, yeah. they're really popular, not in America. Yeah, back
0: in the 30s. And, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so we were poor in the 90s, so we had them still. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, the house
0: I just bought when we moved in, it had a clothesline, because we live out in the country. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Go ahead.
1: That's great, great. So, uh, you can turn those into tents. And then you can try and charge your friend's admission to come to your show as you play a rake, which is what (laughs) I tried to do. I, like, you know, checked at the door. I was like, you have a ticket? And they're like, no. And I was like, well, here's a leaf,
0: you You know. You have, like, a black light. Yeah, yeah. Where's the uh, stamp on your hand? exactly. I'm like, "Uh, can I
1: see your ID? Like, hassling people. So, I mean, from an early age, I always loved music. I started playing violin when I was eight. Picked up guitar when I was 12. Um, you know, play, played in church, grew up doing that whole thing Mm -hmm. and you kind of realize like when you're into music, you also
0: have to be into everything else. Yeah. So it's like,
1: cool, music is fun. Now we got a show, and I need to put together a poster. Sure, because someone
0: need... in the band is going, instead of spending the money to get someone done professionally, yeah. someone's going to take their hand at being the designer yeah. and the photographer yeah. and the social media person. Yeah,
1: and what money do you have to right. spend? <laughs> you yeah, because yeah, yeah, I mean? you're not making money yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah.
0: You're spending money to go play the show.
1: Exactly, exactly. So for me, it was like, okay, cool. I've always enjoyed photography. I'll pick up some photos. You know, I started doing that. I, I realized like video was really fun. I used to be a skateboarder and I had video for nice. that. And, you know, it's like over time I was like building up all these skills. And then I turned 19 and I moved to Indianapolis and the economy crashed. Perfect. And I was like, sell my computer, sell my camera, right. sell my guitar. That Just, is the
0: nice thing is if you invest mm-hmm. in the creative world, you do have liquid assets yeah. that you can sell.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They may not be worth as much as when you bought them. Sure. But guitars hold their value a little bit better than like cameras do, you know. I that's debatable because you, you oh, shoot true, Sony, true. right? I do shoot Sony, yeah. The
0: first the first uh, footage game gave me, was it the A sixty five hundred? Yeah, I think so. So I have yeah. the Sony A seven threes. If you try yeah. to go buy a A seven three and they're out of stock, the used ones are three hundred dollars less than a brand new one. That's true. Which it is, is true. silly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean the A seven threes are great. I have one of those an A seven four now. They do and two F S five. Oh dude, we could we could just
0: dork out. I the know, entire, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> let's get past This that. is Sony chat.
1: Yeah. Um but, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, for me, I started uh when I moved to Indy, I was kind of just, like, I was homeless for a little bit, trying to, like, figure out how to live. True. I, um, you know, started working construction, got a job at Apple, which was really cool. Oh, cool. My fiance yeah. works there now. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I really enjoyed it. It was, like, six years there. Um, I was there when Steve Jobs died, which was crazy. And so, like, I think being in that kind of, like, creative, you know, um, tech-adjacent type of world was yeah. really really compelling and then my career because I worked at Apple and at the time like Apple hadn't really fallen in the way that I feel like it has in kind of public perception of like it was on its rise yeah well like Apple had, you know, I mean, Steve Jobs had died and I left like a year after that. So there was this, all this like, oh, Steve Jobs is still, his impact is still happening right. and he's a genius, you know. So I, I got a job in tech and then slowly worked my way through that while playing music on the side. Nice. Um, so I was, you know, uh, touring on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Working tech at like a coffee shop on you know Friday morning, and be like, sorry, could you repeat that? You know, sorry, I, I can't hear you. You know, yeah, like, you gotta like whisper it's like it. there's like somebody right behind me who's like yelling at their girlfriend. You know, and it's just like this is so strange. Like, what is that in the background? Like nothing. Yeah. It's
0: fine. Everything's fine. It's my dog. Yeah, exactly. And you use your coffee machines Going on. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Latte. Like,
0: sir, your car's being towed. Yeah. Oh, that's my dog.
1: Yeah, that's my dog. He talks a lot. Yeah. He's got those buttons. You know. Yeah. I have Brian
0: from Family Guy as my dog. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so man, I was doing that, um, and then it was cool, you know. Like before the pandemic, I was traveling a lot, playing mm-hmm. shows. I and remember what, what a, a solo or a band? Or? Oh, with a band called Saint Aubin. Oh so yeah, it's still okay, around. Awesome. Yeah cool. yeah yeah. So Trevor Saint Aubin is now doing that project.
0: Yeah, yeah he played Freeform recently. Oh cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, our, yeah. Our showcase, yeah. and yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah yeah, awesome. yeah. Trevor's a great. We dude. had also had uh, Nakosha on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nakosha's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah. So um, no, I I used to. So the last record that they put out was, like, he and I co-wrote and produced that together. Mm -hmm. So I helped him start that band. Uh, And then I was traveling all the time. I was honestly, in, like, 2020, planning to move and pursue music full-time. I was going to be, like, move to Austin
0: or L.A. What a a great year to choose that. I know. That was also, I started the company in 2019, so it's just great decisions are being made, and you could never foreshadow, foresee what the world was going to go into
1: not at all and like I was in LA when everything shut down you know at like I was at I went to this party I you know met these songwriters I went to some songwriting sessions like I was like man this is really moving and then within a week it was like oh yeah, we're only taking to go orders. Oh, everything shut down. Get right. home, and I got COVID on the way home. Like, oh, perfect. Yeah, so it was like you know, day one, I go to Eli Lilly. They're in the hazmat suits, checking me out. I'm like, I'm gonna die. I did not
0: see, I did not see this coming. No,
1: not at all. No. And at that point, it was like everyone's gonna die. Yeah, and so I think for me, it was like I'd worked so hard to get to that point, you know, and I did a lot of other stuff. Like my dad, he was schizophrenic, and. Uh, I got married when I was really young, like growing up evangelical. I took care of my dad before he passed. Okay. So my early 20s were a lot of like survival, you know. it was, Yeah, you
0: didn't have time for you.
1: No, not at all. It was uh, balancing how do I make a living, how do I take care of you know my dad, how do I take care of my wife. Her mom ended up getting a cancer a year after my dad died. So it was like my, I feel like my childhood up to, you know, my mid-late 20s was there's a lot of responsibility. Sure. And at the same time, I always was doing music. I was always doing art. It was, you know, as part of it. And I, I think I hit this place where I was just like, I don't want to do both. You know, I don't it's, want to. Well, it's
0: hard. It's, and yeah. a lot of times you have to, che- like for me specifically, yeah. we were talking about it when the pandemic happened. I had to not abandon the company, but the company was just put on the back burner. Yeah. I had to go work a day job. I had to pay my bills. I mean, before I got my job at the dealership, um, yeah. you know, I had three months of money left, and then I had nothing, nothing mm-hmm. left. I burned through my savings that whole summer. I was in Texas for South by Southwest when yeah. the whole world shut down. I actually, funny enough... I'm going this year. Yeah. My ticket got deter- deferred four years. Wow. So I still have my business pass to South by Southwest, so I am going to go in, uh, in March. Oh, that's cool. I um, need uh, a friend
1: to go with you. Let me know. Come uh, with you.
0: Yeah, come hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hop in the car, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm actually staying with a local artist there. Oh, no, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah so I know the guys
1: thing. who do like do stuff
0: media. They're one of my clients at my oh, own cool. job. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but no, I, I had to do the same thing as uh, the whole – I mean, I watched – the biggest summer I was gonna ever have. I mean, granted, the company had just started, but yeah. it was gonna be the most money I, at that moment that I would have ever made. And it mm-hmm. was entirely something that I built and I felt really proud Yeah. overnight. Like I had uh, yeah. trips to LA, New York, all these different musicians, all these different festivals that I was mm-hmm. getting asked to come film and photograph. Yeah. Just overnight wiped away. Yeah. So it's just a big, big crushing blow. So, like, not to say that that's yeah. equivalent to how you felt then, but like.
1: No, it's just, it's even if it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Like even if it didn't turn out to be bad, at it was the moment still... that's
0: the worst thing that happened to you exactly. in that moment because that's yeah. all that you knew.
1: Yeah, totally. Like the whole world. I mean, we all went through it. You know what I mean? It was just strange. It was a strange thing. And I think, I think we will be probably dealing with like the outcomes of what happens whenever you flip society on its head. Sure. Because we don't give time for that to happen in culture. Like yeah. if you look at like ancient Roman times, there was uh, I can't remember if it was Saturnalia, it was around like the New Year or the Winter Solstice, but for about a week you could do whatever you wanted like the the you know if you were a slave and your you know master or whatever told you like hey take out the trash you'd be like no it's like, a i'm solstice. not going to yeah. it's a solstice it's this holiday and you can't tell me what to do and so like for us it was like society got flipped on its head people had time to be at home they weren't running from place to place to place sure. you know being late i mean so many people's jobs especially like for me taking mm-hmm. care of my dad whenever i was you know trying to like live and survive i remember one time i was working at apple i got a phone call from my dad and it was like you know vibrating in my pocket talking to a customer it rang again and i was like oh this is weird mm-hmm. rang a third time and i said hey i'm really sorry like my dad's disabled i, I my yeah. phone is blowing up i got to check on it and the customers go like, oh, totally fine so i walked back answer it my dad had fallen he was on some railroad tracks oh, and wow. he was laying on these railroad tracks and i was like hey you need to roll off you need to get yourself safe, safe. i will come find you and I got in trouble at Apple for leaving in the middle of my shift to go help somebody who's, like, legally my responsibility. Yeah, now, that's tough. Exactly. Now, the outcome is what would have happened. If I got if I wanted to, I could have sued Apple and made
0: it a sure. whole thing. Right.
1: I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. I didn't have, like, the Well, wife, that and also, to that, like, you, you, also, you, you,
0: you probably don't have it in your heart that you want to really make them pay for no, you know, I doing it. No, yeah.
1: I just want them to apologize for, right. like, punishing me for going right. to take care of my dad, who who's, like, hurt, you know? And... And so like I think a lot of times it's like society switched overnight. And then now it was like all the people who were ready for power to be turned back on were like, let's get back to work, let's do it, let's sure. do it, let's do it. Ready to go. Yeah. And and all of us were like kind of dragged along, not by choice. You know, it was like, well, if everyone's working now, and we gotta do something, we got we gotta do it, we gotta jump in. Yeah. And some of us were lucky to have those other opportunities. Like I think for me, being lucky enough to have seen it a little bit ahead that like the economy is starting to tip my, sure. my job was well, you've in been analytics. through it before just
0: in a different way exactly
1: yeah. well my job was in analytics like i remember when 08 happened and i was like living at home i go to starbucks and like read about the news and finances yeah and now seeing i i so my my previous job was in marketing strategy for big companies mm-hmm. so i'd be looking at like um, companies based in Europe, you know, big like international companies, Gucci, yeah. you know, St. Laurent, these like big, crazy international companies. And I was looking at their financial data and it was like flat or going down. Yeah. And I was like, all last year. And I was like, this does not, this is not the sign of a healthy economy that's right. going to be fine. And then layoffs started to happen. And I was like, you know what? I am in a safe enough position
0: that I can make this choice to like do this.
1: Yeah. And I pursue I think, your
0: pursuit, finally have the time to pursue your creative side. Yeah. Take on the gig economy work. Yeah.
1: But like if my dad hadn't died, if my dad was still alive
0: right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't do
1: that. Right. Well, you, you don't know? you can't. I can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like I think for me, when I look at this these like a lot of these like hustle culture like type of like trends that are happening in like the bigger thing, it's it's still based on Like to me, like the pre pandemic mindset of like you should feel guilty because you're not
0: successful. You should, you know, work
1: do everything you can, like burn yourself. You've been in business for X amount
0: of years. If you haven't reached this point, then you might as well just quit.
1: Exactly. And it's like, no, that's not totally true. Like there are so many other circumstances. And so I I guess for me it's like I'm thirty four. You know, I never thought that I would do any of this stuff. True. I was always kind of based on like, yeah, I'll do music on the side, I'll have some fun, you know. It's Especially, funny. You more yeah.
0: often see people take it more seriously at an older age because yeah. they had to pay their bills, work mm-hmm. a job. But then you build that money up. Yeah. You, maybe you buy a house. Maybe you yep. get into a committed relationship. Maybe you have some of that, or a roommate that can help mm-hmm. you out. You live with your band, whatever. Because yeah. like it's everyone's always like, oh, uh, art and music's a, a young a young person's game. Like if you want to be yeah. in music, if you're if you're 19, yeah. you're too old, you know. Yeah, yeah Which is yeah. silly because like I mean. Not eighteen to nineteen year olds usually aren't mentally mature enough Mm-mm. to maintain the finances. They might have a big break. Yeah, they totally. might get picked up by a label, but that label is gonna probably take advantage. Yes. if they don't have a lawyer or mm-hmm. a family member that's gonna look it over. So yeah. I mean looking at like going to college, like the amount of people who are in
1: debt for making a decision about going to college, yeah, and probably will never pay it off. and you get a guy, you know, a girl, whoever who probably is like, got ADHD, uses drugs from time to time, right. you know, has been f- pretty independent to have made it that that big for themselves, 17, 18, 19. Sure. And maybe their family gets it. Maybe they understand what's going on and and can, like, deal with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, probably not. Yeah. And even then, like, the best lawyer is going to tell you, don't take this deal. And if your mom and dad have never seen... You know, like, for me, it's like, my, my mom still makes, like, 18, 19 an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like, imagine if somebody had come to me at 19 and said... Hey, we have a half a million dollar contract, right? And it's You're gonna like be all I, this I
0: can live off that money for the
1: rest of dude, my exactly. life. Exactly. My mom's making, you know, at that time probably fourteen, fifteen an hour. Hell yeah, dude. Right. You know, like I could totally yeah, five hundred thousand dollars like alone. Only
0: catch is you have to give it all back. Yeah, and if you don't, we're just gonna take everything from you. Exactly, and it's <laughs> gonna have an interest rate of you know ten, twelve, thirteen
1: percent, fourteen percent, whatever. You know, and like I think when I when I see a lot of the way that kind of like the 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 guilt culture i guess like when mm. i see the way that things are moving in in the internet culture of like hey you got to be this way you got to be successful whatever it's so inhumane it's not true it's bullshit it's people it who are like they are making money off of selling that story, that you yeah. are a failure. Yeah. The same way that they're making, people are making money off of saying that you are not skinny well, enough.
0: They got to break you down to build you up.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then they can like mold you to whoever they want you to be until it fails you. Yeah, And then where do you go? And I think we're seeing the outcome of that. There's a lot of cultures that are like kind of falling apart. And I think, I don't know, like to kind of bring it back to art and music, like I think there's a a part of this collective mindset of like, we keep coming back to art. I was music. gonna say,
0: do you think now? I say within the last thirty years, do you think now more than ever it's a very, very mm-hmm. important time that people have art and have things to look forward to, yeah. and people can express themselves without being afraid of mm. pissing someone off and getting canceled. Yeah. You know, because like you're talking about culture. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the looming thing over everyone's head all the yeah. time is like, if I put this out, God forbid, I I upset this. And it's like, and it could be something totally, uh, you know, simple. Like I just had, we just had Kyle in here before you, and he's a comedian. Yeah, I mean, they're constantly under fire. Yeah, anything they say can be held against them, and it could ruin their lives. Totally. So um, I
1: even, I even see it as like, it's like, I don't know. There's this balance of like saying things and trying to, like, push things out that you think, like, you really believe and you really want people to understand and you want those things to be out there in the world. And I think Mm. that's important, you know? But I also think that there's, like, a mediating factor in my mind of, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Because for some people... You want to piss people off, like that is the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. yeah. yeah. and so like for me, it's like well, you're never gonna have a culture where somebody's not gonna be getting
0: pissed off. Everyone always is. It, somebody, there's, somebody, there's somewhere. someone, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Always.
1: The and that's that is and, and the the antagonism exists for itself. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as you say like video games make kids kill other kids, then somebody's like, oh, I played Call of Duty my whole life and I'm gonna play it the rest of my life right. and I'm gonna play it till I die. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just like. Dude, you're always gonna have these like these antagonisms. Like they they feed each other, the police and people who break the law. Mm. It's like if you don't go after people as hard, if you don't, you know, have that type of violence, you don't perpetuate those same outcomes. True. Sure. But it's like it's the chicken egg situation. This is a system that continues to like feed itself. And I see a lot more of it as like, look, you have to have you have to decide your intention. Like, if your intention is to be a prophet, if you really believe that, like, you have something to say that's really important and it needs to be said, say it. Mm. You're going to get fucking in trouble. That's just how it goes. Like, it's always happened throughout all of of history. The Bible is filled with these people, like, ancient history is filled with these people who are like, hey, you're, you know, you suck because you said the truth. We're going to kill you. We're going to stone you to death. Exactly, exactly. So, like, there's nothing, it's not that different. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to do? Because if your goal is to piss people off and, like, make things more chaotic, then, yeah, you could do that. You make it better. You can make it better for yourself. You know, just a place to speak, that's fine. I don't know. I I, I think, like, I don't know. I I guess when it comes down to it, for me, it's, like, intention more important, you Mm -hmm.
0: know? And they're... Yeah, if you have good intentions, even if you have a controversial topic. Yeah. It's still art. It's still an expression. It's still... It's still you expressing something you feel. I mean, like, I am the singer of a heavy, heavy metal band. Yeah. And if you read the lyrics, some of them, a little dark. Yeah, totally. But I'm a generally happy person. I have a yeah. fiance. I have a house. Um, For me, I think it's, it's just creative expression because I like heavy, aggressive music. I yeah. started playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh at first, when I was 10 years old, yeah. uh, reading Cannibal Corpse lyrics, yeah. I was yeah. not getting into it, but I really like the riffs, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, So I think uh, there, there's plenty of things you can do. There's You can put out art that is maybe offensive to others, or mm-hmm. you can have an opinion that's offensive to others. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily mean that you fall into that camp. Like, if if one metal singer kills someone, yeah. Uh, not all metal singers are killers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the flip side, if one yeah. pop singer kills someone, not all pop singers are killers. Totally. So the hard part is, like, everybody's getting lumped in um but we were also talk about too uh we were talking about gig economy a little bit so yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about. Uh, you said you do basically everything creative that you yeah. can <laughs> that you can get hired for, basically. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, yeah. kind of. We talked about cameras, uh, you know, photography, videography. Yeah. You talked about music. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do like uh, we were talking about like Illustrator and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I saw you had your iPad. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Do so you do like a graphics and art and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, a lot of it is just
1: it's kind of based around the fact that like I have to promote the things that I want to promote, sure. and and I'm not going. I don't know, like, I used to be more worried about, like, what is the quality that I'm putting out. Sure. But now I'm more worried about consistency of, like, can I consistently put out content on a regular basis that even if it's not the most, like, important to me is, like, is bringing people attention and awareness to either me existing which is important, or something that I'm doing, which hopefully will give me money, or you know promote other people's sure. stuff too. You got to pay your bills. Exactly, you got to pay your bills, or you know something else. It's like community focus, which is another like important thing for me. And so, I I think for me, it's like, how am I going to do that? And if I don't know how to do some graphic design, some video editing, some sure. audio
0: editing, either you're going to promotion. pay someone or you're going to have to do it yourself.
1: Exactly, and I don't make enough money to pay anybody right, right now. You know and so a lot of it has just been more of a necessity. Like, yes. I want to do, uh, you know, text on a thing. Like, I don't like that font or that font or this font, but I can handwrite, and I already handwrote it, and I'm tired of looking at fonts, so I'll just paste this thing in, and then people go, oh, you're a visual designer. And right. I'm like, uh, no. For
0: the, I, in this moment, yes. Yes,
1: I wrote with the ye- with a yellow pencil on right. my iPad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like... It's that kind of mentality to me. So well, it's a lot more out of necessity, but it, it breeds its own style, you know? Like whenever you do it, whatever you are able to accomplish will have its own style.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a, a quick break here, but I do want to come back with that and talk yeah. about the necessity of, like we, we talked about it in other episodes too, but yeah. social media and also putting yourself out there because that is, for a lot of people, pretty yeah. scary. And a lot of people who do this type of stuff don't know how to monetize it. They don't know how to make it into a business. So mm-hmm. we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Cool. This episode's trailblazer shout-out goes to the Indy Peace Fellowship. In 2021, Mayor Joe Hogsett announced a three-year, $150 million plan to combat violence in Indianapolis. A key part of that plan is the full implementation of the Peacemakers Program, designed to connect individuals from the communities they serve to those who are at the highest risk of being trapped in the cycles of crime and violence. The NDP's fellowship refers to those participating in up to 18 months of life coaching and other enriching programs, all aimed at providing hope and opportunity. This program includes support with basic tasks such as resume building, housing and food resources, cognitive behavioral therapy, and more, with stipends distributed once certain goals are achieved to incentivize participation in the program further. After living in Indianapolis for 10 years, I've seen robberies, fights, and unfortunately fatal shootings in both places I've worked and lived across the city. I personally wasn't aware of this program until Fred suggested it as his pick for the shout out, so I'm glad to see that there are people in the city that want to see it change for the better. If you'd like to help or get involved with the organization, head to IndiePeace.org to learn more.
1: Do, 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 do. <laughs>
0: Do 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 do. We are back with Stay Risky, and uh, right before we uh, left off here, we were talking a little bit about putting yourself out there, doing things out of necessity versus you know, it'd be nice if you could have a whole team. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I mean, with 45 creations, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a team. We've got great people like Tyler, Kyle. We've got our booking agents. We got Ben, who unfortunately couldn't be here today. Yeah. Um, but if you don't always have access to you know, I mean, obviously, if you want something done right, a lot of times it costs money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking about doing things out of necessity. Um, and, you know, for people, and and this whole podcast is uh, designed to be kind of business-oriented, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. taking risks. Yeah. Uh, things that are scary that most people... They pick up a camera and they're like, I want to learn how to be a photographer. You can watch YouTube videos mm-hmm. and all that. But until you really hear someone struggles, because most of those YouTubers, they might talk a little bit about struggle. Yeah. But they also still have a channel to maintain, so they can yeah, only exactly. talk about it so much. They have
1: to have fun content to right, keep yeah. you don't. Yeah, you don't, like, don't
0: want to be like... My house was foreclosed on, and then I yeah. was in a depression for three years. Yeah, it's like,
1: exactly. And but, like while they're in that depression, they're just still making the same content, right, or right. they're like, "I'm sorry, I needed a break, guys." Yep. And you're like, "This is when I needed
0: you most." It's like bruises be- all over the face, exactly. cuts. Exactly. I had a fight in the street for five dollars. Yeah, but no. Um. Uh. So you're talking about doing things out of necessity, yeah. and and uh, and finding ways to make money and pay your bills. So, uh, kind of dive in a little bit more. Um, Like, let's say, like, when you first started, did you – did you well, you came from working a nine-to-five. When you first started making money creatively, did you feel like you knew how to do it? Or how did you find out how to do it? I
1: mean, I still have no idea what I'm doing. I'll be honest. Like (laughs) I don't think any of us do. No, and I think that's part of the problem personally. So, like, the way that I look at it is, like, I'm going to use the NBA All-Star game as, like, a microcosm. Because I think that it really illustrates what I see as kind of, like, the core issue of a lot of these problems. So, the NBA All-Stars – You know, this big game comes to town. All these companies come to town. They rent up all these properties around downtown. So I was – I got a grant for the All-Star Game to do a big sculpture. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah, it's super cool. It's like, cool, give me the money. I'll make it happen. But there were – it was like a four-month thing. Literally a month ago, I finally was able to start getting plans together. Sure. It's right around the holidays. People are busy. So, like, all of this – three of the four months that i have like known this there were a couple weeks of i didn't know what what was actually going on then i finally got the proposals can you send us you know what you want then can you put a team together then you can you start budgeting can you start allocating here's your check days it's holiday like literally i got the check three or four days. well it cleared my bank three or four days before New Year's. Yeah. So now we're a month and a half out from doing this. Everyone right. else is And got a sculpture you
0: don't just do the, the no. day of.
1: No, and 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 but here's the thing, it has to be done in twenty four hours. It has to be installed in twenty four hours. So that means I have to have people the oh, way Oh you mean like before, when the when the event comes. When the event starts, yeah. So I have to have it done by five PM on the fourteenth of February. I can start five PM the thirteenth of February. So so like here's so okay. I'm going to say the amount. I'm going to say an undisclosed amount. I'm not going to say the exact amount because I don't know what my contract says. Let's say I got 10 grand for that. Okay. okay? And I have to pay a person, like I have an agent who's helping me get these things, who's reviewing my stuff and doing that. So they get 10% of it. Okay, cool. So there goes eight. Now I'm at nine grand. All right. So I hire somebody here and I hire somebody there and I hire somebody there because I've got a month. I got to do all this other stuff. I got to put everything together. By the time that everything is done, I'm taking home maybe a tenth, maybe yeah. 20% of that.
0: And, that's, and also, that's not
1: including taxes. That's
0: a biggest misconception. Uh, there's a, a, a mutual buddy of ours who puts on big music videos. Yes. Big 30 people cruise. Yep. And people musicians get bent out of shape for how expensive these things are. Mm-hmm. And like, let's say it's a $20,000 music video. Yep. The main guy putting it together is probably not even really making any money. It's no. giving He's giving it to the people that are on the set. Because yep. you have to contract things out exactly, and, and those people have to be paid at their
1: like fair rate. Yeah, because their you're, rate. you're the producer. You're the person putting this on and making it happen. And so, like, there's this catch-22 of if you want to make, at least as I'm seeing it, like, if you want to make a living in music or you want to make a living in art, you can go the gig direction. So you pick up, like, I play music all the time, mm-hmm. you know? I play cover shows at bars and coffee shops Whoever and needs, everything. Whoever yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You pay me a couple hundred bucks, I'll show up, I'll play for a couple hours, I'll go home. True. Like, that has made the day-to-day living possible yeah. for me. Cover the your last. bases. Exactly. Now, that's cool. That's, you know great, fun, all that stuff, how do I then turn that into like a longer term monetized thing with any kind of growth goals? Now, if I was selling t-shirts, it would be a very different story. Cool, you sell t-shirts, you're gonna make a Shopify store, we're gonna market online, you're gonna sell a little bit more, we're gonna get you a brand partnership, we're gonna work your way up. Or cookie cutter. it, It makes sense. And I think part of it is because we can see that the effort of creation, like the amount of time that it takes to create something, and the amount of money that you can make is pretty well-sized. Mm-hmm. So it takes you know this much effort, but with a T-shirt,
0: you can reprint and reprint
1: and reprint. Sure. That's a popular shirt. You could sell it for the rest of your life. Well, people also
0: living. can connect with a T-shirt easier than they can a expression of art because exactly. they, they wear T-shirts. They always mm-hmm. need them. You have to have clothes. Yes. You don't have to have a sculpture. Yes, exactly. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. You don't have to have I mean, you should have a logo, but like you don't have to have a logo. You don't have to have photos. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of times people who maybe aren't in that creative mindset, they devalue or they don't find the value. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, my music video started a thousand bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, buddy. Yeah. These cameras cost five grand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even if I don't film it, the equipment alone is, you know. Yeah. And, And when you,
1: and I think to me, it's like, Those are all important factors, like the things that it costs to make the art, the amount of time that it takes, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. My issue, kind of going back to like the All-Star game, the amount of companies that have come through and are renting places in downtown that will put in money in art, in music, in culture creation type things, and where that money will end up is not in our community. Mm -hmm. Like I know the hi-fi, the lo-fi is being rented out. I know the Vogue is being rented out. Like there are all these big venues that are being rented out. Some of them are hiring local people. Now who is paying for all of the security for the all-star game? It's us. It's taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So the way that I look at it is like the Arts Council. Why you know two years down the road we knew about this thing for two years. Mm -hmm. Why is it the last four months that I receive a grant that it takes me you know a couple months to get all the information that I need to to put the crew together. By that point I've lost the money because I can't plan ahead and get everything I need done, or I can downscale my idea. But this is an international audience. There are billions of dollars coming to our town. Drake will probably be here. Right, the one and the only Drake.
0: When you uh, when you said that you got the check right before New Year's, I yeah. bet you it's a timing of the year. Oh, it's I mean write off thing. Uh, it's, it, had, and it's, it
1: totally is, and it's related to Eli Lilly as well. I know Lilly is like providing some of the grants. But if you gave me twenty grand to throw a party downtown for the weekend of All Stars. I can make 150 grand mm-hmm. in the weekend yeah. easily. Like, that's that's easy money. But instead, we allocate this money for like public funding, public stuff. Like, dude, you're taking people who are poor. Like, most artists, if they are doing art full time, uh-huh. are under poverty guidelines. Sure. Like, very few of them are making more than forty, fifty thousand dollars. And If they do, they're
0: working another job, or, exactly. they're, or they're working themselves exactly.
1: Death. Or they're very, very lucky yeah. that they've they've like received that privilege. They've they've made that level of of achievement. But even for me, at 34, who's played music since I was eight. I'm still not at that level of achievement, and that's like that's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's how well, it yeah, goes. Yeah, I mean, you, you
0: know, yeah. you know, it's par for the course. You know exactly. what we're getting into. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm gonna make six figures playing at yeah. my local bar. No,
1: no, no. But like to me, I look at it as like. When you go into a bar, when you go into a restaurant, when you go anywhere, there is always art. There's always music. Every single company sells their stuff with art and music, videography, and yet we devalue that because it's not directly related to a sales number. Mm. We can't quantify it. Yeah, we've never been able. It's a to bigger quantify
0: risk it. because it's it's you know you just hope that people show up and you hope people interact and you hope yeah. people want to spend that money. But
1: yeah, but there's... I look at it as like if we if we start saying to these organizations that come to our town and use our tax dollars. We're happy that you're here. We want to have you here. And we're so happy that you're here that we're going to plan the party for you with our amazing artists and creatives, people who run events every day in our city and have all the connections. So you who own these properties downtown and, you know, all this stuff that you're going to rent it out, you can rent it out. You can still get your $20,000 for your week or month or whatever you want. That's cool. But you got to hire an artist. Right. And you got to hire those artists from this collection of, you know, group of people that we know, we've worked with, that we've vetted, that we make sure that they're good, we've got their project managers. So that, that to me, is, like, a future that I see more like what Gang Gang is doing than what, like, the Arts Council is doing. And I, I, I think, for me, it's like, how can you make money in a city like Indy if you're not... It's all being outsourced. Exactly. If it's all being outsourced. Like, if we're not even looking out for our own neighbors... And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm running for mayor.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, fucked up. No. All these episodes have been getting political. Um, yeah, I did. I did want to touch on, because uh, I, I know we uh, Ben partnered mm-hmm. with you with, the was it a fundraiser or charity yeah, recently? Yeah, yeah, So I want yeah, you to yeah. talk about that, because we, yeah. you know, with, uh, and Ben, I mean, you, obviously you guys know each other well. Um, he's always been big on community aspect, yeah. giving back. And he brought that into the company to me, because when I first started, all I was mm-hmm. concerned about was making the company work and making yeah. money. yeah. But now we have Free Freeform, which is free all ages, uh, yeah. and we also pair with uh, charities and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the the was it a fundraiser? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah fundraiser yeah. you just recently did. Yeah, so I um so I moved in my house about six years ago,
1: and when I moved in, the people who sold it said, "Hey, keep an eye on the next door neighbor, Miss Pat. She's like, you know, a little bit older and very friendly, very nice. Mm-hmm. But her husband passed away, you know, about ten years ago now." Um, and she's just very lonely and did not have a lot of family around. So at first it was very much like, "Hi, right, Miss Pat, how are you? Good to talk to you, you know? The pandemic happened. She got into an accident, and she had a like a Black Lab Pitbull kind of mixed dog that was very young and, and ended up messing up her shoulder, so she really couldn't take Good. care yeah, of it. Too big. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it started becoming like more of a terror because it would get out and just run around the yard and bark and all this other stuff. And so I was like, okay, but this old lady needs help too. Sure. So I'd check on her and make sure she was okay. And if her dog got out, like try to help her if I could, you know. And, and then um, in the middle of summer, remember those like really big storms came through and it was like yeah, 105 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her her um, one of her like trees fell down, knocked out her power. And her landlord took weeks to come Dude, and fix right. it. Didn't give power to her house, didn't put her up in an apartment or anything like that. So I was like, hey, I'm going to run power from my house, talked to one of my other neighbors, got a window AC unit for her. I mean, she's in her 70s, you know what I mean? So right. I'm like, there's no way this woman can be okay. She's probably on
0: Social Security.
1: and 100% on Social Security. doesn't work because of her car accident. True. So, like, she's on a fixed income trying to live, you know, paycheck to paycheck, like most of us are, on top of medical bills and all this right. other stuff. And so it was like, okay, cool. I'll X help being her $7 with a carton. Yes, exactly. And, and so then... I, you know, because of that, I start kind of getting in contact with their landlord of like, hey, I'm providing power to your tenant, making sure that she's not dead. Yeah. Like, you don't have to you can apologize or thank me or whatever. That's all I want. Right. But like you need to get Sh- this shit. Show some acknowledgement. Of. Yeah. yeah. It took three weeks before it got taken care of. So at that point I was like, What is your lease? What is going on? Because to me, it's like she this landlord has an obligation. Sure. Well, she doesn't have a lease. She never has had a lease. It's just a handshake. It's a handshake agreement from her husband, who's passed away. Yeah.
0: So she doesn't feel safe. You know, this guy has told me. She might have. She might not have handled that relationship with that guy either. It might have been her husband. Yeah.
1: No, no, and that's and that's like it's definitely had a huge impact on her. She's far away from her family. You know, the landlords told me like, look, I don't. I don't want to evict her, but if she can't pay me on time, I'm going to evict her. I can't, right. you know, like, the bank owns the house. I can't really do much. Right. And I'm like, I get it, man. But I have a heart. Yeah, exactly. It's like
0: you made a, in my mind. Yeah, if he's, he probably, if he's a landlord of that house, yeah. he's probably a landlord of multiple. Exactly. And I'm sure he's doing fine.
1: He's probably either doing fine or he's really mismanaged his money and that's his fault. Right. You know? Right. And so for me, it's like, well. At the end of the day, she needs to get out of this house. She needs to be in a safe place where she can, you know, really, I think, be close to her family. Mm. So I just started raising money to see if I could help. Um, I donated like, a, you know, four or five hundred bucks to try and help her get over that hump sure. of being behind on her bills, behind on her Yeah, least catch up. Exactly. So we took care of that, um, and then I was like, man, we need to get her to move. It's expensive. It's super expensive on a fixed income to move. Sure. Um, so I was like, if we could raise like four grand, that would be about as much as you'd need for first last month's deposit, first month's rent, basically to get you over that get hump truck, of like moving. Exactly. It, yeah. yeah. Like, so I tried to raise that and I mean, you all helped donate to that, which is fantastic. We were able to raise like a little over four grand. Awesome. Um, gave that to her during Christmas and she, it was so funny cause like I filmed it at first and she was very like, Oh wow. Oh. And then. As I, like, put the camera down because I could tell that she was, you know, sentimental in a sure. good way. Her yeah. son was very much like, oh, it's okay, Mom. Like, like, let me kind of distract from right, that. Right. And then she really just, like, opened up about, she's like, no one's ever done something that's nice for me. You know, like, she told me, and she, she's an older black woman, mm-hmm. too, grew up in Chattanooga. She's like, you know, I just don't feel like I belong in this neighborhood. I Her, her dog got loose and bit somebody. Yeah. Um, which is what kind of like made me the, the final like incident of what made me do the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the dog down. Oh. She's uh. like, I lost my dog that I raised from when it was a baby. Right. It, you know, it bit one of our neighbors who shouldn't have been outside. You know, she had told her to go back inside and she's like, well, I feel bad because it was my dog. But that woman shouldn't have been outside. But I didn't I couldn't do anything. Right. And it was like she's like, and I know this because I'm a black person. You know, I'm the only black person on our in our block. She's like, so I just keep to myself. And it's like that's not cool. Yeah, I feel isolation.
0: No. And, yeah. Like
1: yeah. you're just breeding problems,
0: you know? Like well, that's what I mean. That's what yeah. a, com- a community is supposed to be, like neighbors and yeah. you're supposed to rely on your neighbors and you're not supposed to like have any prejudice. I mean, it's it's where you live. Yeah. So yes. whether whether you have a problem with her or not, that is the place that you both live. So you yes. both have the same life in the sense of where yeah. you're at. Exactly. So at least help. Don't be an asshole.
1: Exactly, and that's and that's kind of where I where I looked at it was like, look, I know that she will feel more. I think that she will get the help that she needs with less effort if she's mm-hmm. near her family. I know that she talks to her daughter all the time. You know, her son comes to visit her. He drives all the way up from the south, six, seven, eight hours, sometimes twelve hours from jobs that he's working. Wow, and it's like clearly your family cares about you but you are so far away because you followed this and person and they might, and in they love might not with. have
0: the means to do it all the time either they they, don't. they're prob- they're probably going don't. on a limb going all the way up they are and
1: that's and that's what's tough too is like knowing that her family is also not in a good financial position but I mean and like yeah you know, I'm a white guy for the people who are listening over a podcast headphone you know sure. like I you know I, I marched during the you know protests and all that stuff mm-hmm. and I think I I don't know, like, I, I've been kind of reckoning with, like, what, what is, like, the real role of change, you mm-hmm. know? Because it seems, like, let's march and let's, you know, do all this stuff, and then so quickly things get rolled back. Right, I let's, mean,
0: let's, let's post on Instagram that we support, but then you don't yeah. do anything after. Yeah,
1: well, and even when you do, like, it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like in 2020, so many people were, like, donating their time, their efforts,
0: like... We had the time to do it. So many people did so much. Well, that's the big thing is that if you want to make a change, you have to start in your community. Exactly. Because unless you have tons of money and Mm -hmm. you have tons of resources, yeah. Nothing you're gonna post online is gonna really change anything. What you can change and what you can control is who you're around, who you experience with. If you want to help, then help the people that are near you. Mm -hmm. Not be like, Oh, I'm I'm an advocate for change, but then you like don't go to your local coffee shops, you don't go to your local restaurants, you don't do your community events, Mm -hmm. like, if you are not going to do that then don't be a yeah. internet warrior yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah 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 but uh, so did so she yeah. did move then uh she's still in the process of figuring it out still in the process. she has but the money which is she great. has the means to do yep, it
1: though exactly so now it's literally just logistics can people still donate to they it They can yeah i still have it open um i don't know when it like officially shuts down i think i just kind of set it for
0: whatever the default sure. time limit was but people can yeah. still reach out to you if, if like, in case yeah, it does totally. And, yeah totally yeah and
1: and i mean i think what's great is like just her knowing that the community was Cares. behind her and yeah. cared, you know, it, it's like, she was, has been so much happier since That's all awesome. she like made me, uh, yeah, at the very least, yeah. even,
0: even if she doesn't get out of her situation, if she can smile and have yeah. people to rely on. Yeah. And, that's, and ha- even, that's half the battle.
1: Yeah. And even if she's like, Hey, I don't want to move and I want to stay up here and this is where I want to be. Like she has a little bit of money to keep her tied over. Mm-hmm. Like four grand sounds like a lot. But I we would spend four grand
0: on a weekend trip somewhere sure. for work, you know.
1: 100%. So like, it's not that much money when, when
0: you're an adult. It's yeah, it's it's not not a yeah. ton. Yeah. Um. But uh, so that's and and I wanted you to bring that up because yeah. I wanted to hear the story. Cause I, I kind of yeah. saw like second because Ben Ben had a little bit more involvement yeah, in it totally. than I did. Um, but I want to ask you, so since you've done, have you done anything like that before? Anything? No,
1: I mean, my background, So, like I went to school for philanthropic studies. I wanted to do nonprofit work. Cool. Um, I started a nonprofit a few years ago called Art Speak that ended in 2020. Okay. Um, but it was basically like a, kind of like a a live podcast. So we'd invite an artist in, we'd have a conversation, talk about their work, show their work. Um, everything from like chefs to painters to musicians. It was very, very, very very like diverse and fun, which is cool. But yeah, I mean I my background's always been in like I, you know, grew up in church. I like giving and caring church about people and all that and... stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I think for me it was just like, well, I might as well. You know, I might as well put my like own neck on the line for it and yeah, I think that's like kind of the continuation of like the marching and stuff. It's like that's it's small, you know, it's small. It's not super significant, but it might make a little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's a step
0: towards yeah, helping
1: Yeah, and, and like, I think, you know, like, seeing, like, what happened in Ukraine, seeing what's happening in, like, Gaza, it's, like, it really is, whenever some big power decides that they want to blow up your your town Mm -hmm. or invade your city and kill your people, like, it is just your neighbors that are there. Like, so many people were killed in Ukraine who were just, like, walking about their day doing their normal shit who were executed because Russia, like, rolled their tanks in and took it over. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like... Who would have helped them? The military wasn't there. The state wasn't there. It was their neighbors, you mm-hmm. know? And so I, I think for me, it's like, if that if that really is all that we have, whenever it comes down to it, when things really, like, hit the fan, then why are we fighting our neighbors so often? Why are we so afraid of our neighbors? It's like, if you want to have that failure, <laughs> if you want shit to be bad, then be afraid of your neighbors. Right. If not, go talk to them, meet them, have a conversation, like, in the very worst that happens you just don't like them you don't talk to them again yeah you like, can still yeah. respect
0: them and live in the same ecosystem even if you don't necessarily like them yeah totally. or at least respect their privacy exactly if you don't necessarily drive with them or yeah. you know yeah yeah but that's a that's a nice sentimental note to, yeah. to wrap everything up on yeah. but um but yeah uh tell us where we can find you if people want yeah. to either hire you or if they want to get involved with the the just Maybe people don't they don't know how to get involved with their community. Maybe you can help, kind of give them yeah. tips. So where work, can people find you?
1: Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. So at mffred, there's two Fs in there. Nice. Uh, like my friend Fred, you know. Or motherfucking Fred. Or motherfucking Fred. Yeah. After nice. 5 p.m. Um, <laughs> so you can find me there. Uh, I'm also doing a big art installation for the NBA All Star Game that'll be happening right behind St. John's Church. Cool. So that's off of Georgia Street and Capitol. Nice. Um, By the
0: time this comes out, it'll probably be passed. But they can. Oh, see what you've done though right
1: yeah so if if you don't hear about this before it comes out then you can go online and find it and if you saw it you're going to be very lucky and you'll be like wow i saw that (laughs) um but yeah it'll be online at quantumcavern.com um that's the the art project that i do outside of music so you can find quantumcavern.com um also mffred.com so you can find me there that's you got a lot is, of like websites. all the stuff. I have too many things. That's the problem. But if you go
0: to one of them, you can probably find the rest. They of them, all right? connect to each other.
1: MF Fred is kind of like the main hub. That's got all my music and my video. It's the omni and the, channel. Yeah, my omni channel marketing. Yeah, dream. yeah it's, it's, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, check it out. Um, I'm online. I talk about stuff on the internet. And uh, send me a DM with your favorite ice cream
0: flavor. Perfect.
1: Call to action. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs>
0: Engine Room Recording Company, located in Broaderville Village just north of downtown Indianapolis, specializes in making your projects go. Podcasters, bands, audiobookers, rappers, singers, songwriters, and everyone in between, the Engine Room Recording Company has the experience, the engineers, the equipment, and the environment to fuel your projects. For more information on their services, creatives they've worked beside, and gear they use, Visit them today at Engine Room Recording Company.com and be sure to follow them on Instagram at Engine Room Recording Co.